Father God, I just come before you, thanking you for this time on the scripted heart to minister your message to others who need to hear your word. I just pray that you would allow my lips to speak the words that you want me to speak and to also speak hope, speak love, and speak life into those who are listening. Forgive me for where I fall short and help me to always improve on living for you and walking in your statutes and in your ways. Thank you, Father God, once again, for everything that you do for us. Even for giving us your Son, Jesus. Thank you especially for that. Because without your sacrifice, we would have no hope. In your name I pray, Lord. Amen. Hi, guys. I know it has been a while since I have recorded, aired another episode. I have been very busy getting into more of a routine of new things that I have been working on. I also have been a bit under the weather. The last couple of days, I have been dealing with a migraine. So, um, I have been resting. I have been taking care of myself and just praying on what my next message should be. And I just want y'all to know that when I do not post for a while, I haven't forgotten about y'all. Haven't forgotten about this ministry here. It is just, once again, like I've said in the past, I am waiting on the Lord. This next subject of the scripted heart comes from something I was conversing with my kiddos on the other day obviously you know how kiddos are they're always fighting about something or being disrespectful to each other one way or the other well that started a whole new conversation with them my kiddos were fighting over just a small simple thing it also included a little bit of disrespect towards each other. Anyway, the disrespect part was the fact that we try to teach our kiddos, if it's not yours, don't touch it. And while I was instructing them in that area and reminding them in that, the scripture came to my mind of one, David and Bathsheba, 
and to the Ten Commandments. Now let me just pause there for a minute and say that there are those out there whose daily Bible devotions are to read scripture every day. And that's amazing. They can sit there and they can read a chapter a day or three chapters. I do that as well at times. However, from day to day, my Bible devotions look a bit different. It could mean that I'm Bible journaling or journaling in my personal journal or just coloring in my journal Bible. It could be a whole other set of conversations that I have with other people. One way that my devotions with the Lord happen is those tiny conversations that I have with the arrows that Jesus has blessed me with. Well, on this particular day, that's what happened. I was having a conversation with my children, instructing them in how to be more respectful and to handle this particular type of conversation or issue in a different manner than how they were. Anyway, I just want to start out by reading the Ten Commandments. It is found in Exodus chapter 20. And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven, above or on the earth, beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us 
or we will die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. God has come to test you, so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. I read Exodus chapter 20 because I made the point to my kids that when they are taking something that is not theirs or touching something for that matter, they are not just disrespecting the other person or persons for that matter. I am trying to instill in them that they are coveting, they are stealing, they are murdering, because when you break one of the Ten Commandments, you're breaking all of them. And then I related that to David and Bathsheba. David did the exact same thing with Bathsheba. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, it says, In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, She is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanliness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. So David sent this word to Joab, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent him to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace, and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. David was told Uriah did not go home. So he asked Uriah, Haven't you just come home from a military campaign? Why didn't you go home? Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents, and my commander Joab and my lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house to eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. Then David said to him, Stay here one more day, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. At David's invitation, he ate and drank with him, and David made him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among his master's servants. He did not go home. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In it, he wrote, Put Uriah out in front where the fighting is fiercest. 
then withdraw from him so he will be stuck down and die. So while Joab had the city under siege, he put Uriah at a place where he knew the strongest defenders were. When the men of the city came out and fell against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah the Hittite died. Now, I read that and I expressed that scripture to my children because David the king stole. David the king murdered. David the king coveted. Now, what should David have done instead of looking on at Bathsheba while she bathed? Instead of looking out his window down at Bathsheba, he should have just turned his face. He should have, in my dad's phrase, he should have done damage control and looked away. He should not have gone there. So, once again, not only did David covet, not only did David steal, not only did he murder, but he also lied. He brought Uriah the Hittite home to try to cover up his sin. And did he get away with it? No, he did not. In fact, Nathan the prophet came and visited him about it. He chastised David about it. In chapter 12, the Lord sent Nathan to David and Nathan told him a story, a parable, I'd like to say. He said, there were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich men had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over, because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you, and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah, and if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? 
you struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. The sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says out of your own household. I'm going to bring calamity on you before your very eyes. I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. And if you read on further in that chapter, the baby does die. Now, obviously, as anyone should know, understand and realize for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction if you do wrong there will be consequences if you do right there will be rewards this is exactly what happened to David he sinned and because he sinned there were consequences and how I related that to my children was do not allow the little things to be your Bathsheba if you are coveting something that is not yours if you are taking something that is not yours you're breaking all those Ten Commandments. You are just like King David. You are no better than King David of Israel. If you steal or lie or covet. By wanting something that is not yours. You are committing idolatry because you are putting something above God that shouldn't be above God. There is only one person that is King of Kings and Lord of Lords and High Priest and the Savior of the world, and that is the Lord Jesus. And my message and my lesson that I was trying to get across to my arrows was that don't go there don't let the small things that you are coveting and stealing and lying about be your Bathsheba it is okay to want things it is okay to have things but what is not right is committing murder and lying and stealing and coveting because if you commit 
one breakage of the Ten Commandments. You're breaking all of them. You are breaking all of them. And, you know, as I think about it, it makes sense. It really does make sense. Because they all go together. They really do. On a side note, I want to go back to the Ten Commandment that says to keep the Sabbath day holy. I grew up learning that Sunday was the Sabbath day. But just because it's Sunday doesn't necessarily mean that has to be your Sabbath day. Our Sabbath day could be Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday. In the Bible, God doesn't say, take Sunday off. He doesn't give a specific name of which day to take it off. As long as you have a day of rest. Why? There are seven days of the week. God created the heavens and the earth and everything that was in it in six days. What did he do on the seventh day? He rested. He rested. And there are other examples in the Bible that shows Jesus setting that example of what we should do. Jesus rested on the seventh day to show us that we need to rest as well. Why did Jesus have John the Baptist baptize him? Did he need salvation? No. Jesus is without sin. Jesus was without sin. But he was baptized to show us and to set that example, to give us that picture of what we needed to do, what he wanted us to do. What he wants us to do when we give our lives over to him. That's just food for thought. And I pray that as you consider these words, as you meditate on them and chew on them that you would just grow and mature and get stronger in your faith in Jesus my main prayer for you is that you would reap hope that you would reap love 
that you would reap life from this message. What do I mean by life? First of all, I want you to get your batteries recharged. But most importantly, if you are not a child of Jesus Christ, my heart's prayer and desire is that you would give your life, your heart, over to the one true Savior of the world. I say it every time, every broadcast, every episode. But the most important message out there is the gospel. How Jesus came to earth as a babe, grew up, ministered to others, and then gave his life for us sinners. Without his sacrifice, there is no hope. There is no love. There is no life. Without Jesus, we are damned. We would be in hell right now. We would be condemned. But Jesus loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He wants to accept us for who we are, how we are. We don't have to do anything special. We can't do anything special. For the Bible says all our righteousness are as filthy rags. We can't earn our way. All we have to do is accept his free gift of salvation that he is holding out to us right now. All we have to do is accept. If he was offering it, asking us for payment, it would not be a gift. It would not be a gift. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus gives us the things that we need, the things that we desire, because he loves us. He wants to provide for us. He does provide for us. And he gets the joy out of seeing our gratitude and our heart for the things that he has given us. People get joy out of receiving things. And maybe when I was a kid, I didn't totally understand that. 
but as a parent. I love seeing the joy of my kids' faces when they receive a gift. Because it is something they needed or wanted. I love blessing them. I love blessing you. And my prayer is that my words speak hope, speak love, and speak life into your whole being. And that if you are not a child of God, if you are not one who has accepted the Lord's free gift of salvation, I pray that my messages on the scripted heart would be used to bring you to that free gift that the Lord is offering you. Father God, I just thank you for this time. I'm sorry if I have got tongue-tied and misspoken. Please forgive me. But Lord, thank you for giving me clearance of heart, soul, and mind and speech to convey this message to others. I pray that you would help those who are listening to understand and grasp the thought that I am trying to speak and help them remember to not allow the little things to get in the way. To not covet, to not steal, to not murder, to not lie. I myself, Lord, fall short. And I thank you for forgiving me. Don't let the little things become our Bathsheba. Help us to not be King David. Help us to be the strong and brave men, women, and children for you. Help us to be a light in a very dark world and to seek your kingdom and your righteousness and to lay up treasures in heaven. Thank you for this time. Thank you for speaking to me and giving me multiple ways of just delving into your word. And I pray that you would bless others with this gift as well. Thank you, Lord, for the Great Commission. Thank you for dying on the cross to save us. Thank you for raising again from the dead.
thank you, Father God, for everything you have provided us and blessing us more than we deserve. I just feel like words cannot describe how I feel right now, Lord. So I just ask that your Holy Spirit would be that mediator. Thank you, Father God. Once again, for everything. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, folks, thank you for tuning in. I hope your batteries are recharged. And I hope you grasp something from this message. And if it's not something I have spoken, just remember that message you are feeling, that message you are hearing, is not coming from me. It is something that the Lord is speaking to your heart. Thank you for listening. Thank you for praying for me. I hope you are in good health. And I hope the Lord brings you to himself if you are not saved already. Until next time, remember to speak hope, speak love, and speak life. Bye-bye.